of the darkness and into the light. It's the This Woman Knows Podcast. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of This Woman Knows Podcast. I am your host, Lisa Alexander, and I am so happy to have with us today, Mary Ann Stenquist. She is a a brilliant woman who is going to help us with our shopping um, habits that we have. So if you overspent during the holidays, if you are looking at your credit card bills, this is January, and you're not quite happy and you're looking at income and it's not where you want to be, we have a wonderful spending coach in Marianne who's going to walk us through this journey and how we can be better in 2024. So Marianne, welcome to This Woman Knows. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be here and I just love every opportunity to talk about money and how we can spend more wisely because you're not the only one. I'm not the only one looking at 2024 going, I spent way too much over the holidays and now it's we're coming due on those annual dues. And it's actually funny. So my birthday's coming up January 23rd and that's the most depressing day of the year. And I thought, why is that? I looked into it and it's because there's no holidays. People are in debt from the holidays. There's no, the all the annual, you know, the bonuses have been done and you've spent them. I thought that was so interesting. I'm like, maybe this was a sign. I was meant to be born on that day to like research into why, because it, it can be the most wonderful time of the year. And then January hits and it's like, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so when we talked earlier, we talked about, we talked about a couple of things. And so share your, <laughs> because we all have these stories of instances where we overspend. So I know we talked about um, what it is, compulsive shopping, those spur of the moment buys. We talked about this so-called retail therapy. And so tell us about one of your many shopping excursions that you used to go on. Yes. Just tell us about, and the most money you've spent in one of those shopping excursions. Sure. My shopping sprees looked like going to Ross, going mm. to, um, I'm not a big target person. That might be like a what, <laughs> but I just, but Ross is my thing. Burlington Coat Factory, um, Marshalls and TJ Maxx. Those are like my places. Cause they have the high level things, the high quality things for a lower price. So, and, and it wasn't like I would go to Ross and then TJ Maxx and Marshall's and that would be it. No, I would, my husband would get home at five and I would leave and I would go to not one, not two. I would go to every Ross in my vicinity and where I am, <laughs> there are like five within an hour drive distance. Mm -hmm. So I would go to every single Ross and they're all together and they're, they're strategic that way. <laughs> so I would go to every Ross. So five Rosses, five TJ Maxx, five Burlington. And what drove me was I was searching for the item that I wanted. And for me, that is purses and items for like clothing and accessories. That's like my mm -hmm. kryptonite. And for other people, it's other things, but, um, and we'll talk about this um, more in detail, but there are different reasons why we're triggered to buy and yes. you know, there's, it's very individual. And so for me, as far as an amount, so 
each each spending spree at Ross would just ring up as like 50, 100. I think the most I ever spent at one store was like, was 100. Because anything over 100, I was like, warning bells, that's yeah. too much. Mm-hmm. But then when I collectively looked at it, I mean, easily a thousand every month. I mean, easy. So that's 12,000 in a year. And right. here I'm spending that thinking, well, I just, I wish we could go on vacation, but that's too expensive. <laughs> and yet I was spending that and more yeah. on unintentionally on things that I thought were bringing me joy. That part. And you said something I I am a Ross shopper well I used to so um I've cleaned up my spending now I thrift so I don't know if that's any better because (laughs) you know what and if you feel better like that's my biggest thing is like if you feel better if you're if you have the money you want to do things like I'm all for it like you enjoy yourself I think where where I come in is like, I want to take the guilt away and I want to make sure that your unintentional spending that you really don't care mm-hmm. about is redirected to intentional spending. So I totally went the thrifting route. I, I really did. And it's addicting and it's, but you just need balance. Absolutely. Absolutely. So for me, going from a Ross and a TJ Maxx to a Goodwill if is for me, I guess it's kind of environmental as well. It's like, and not giving into fast clothing or fast fashion and just really, I think that for me, that's what's driving me away from the Rosses and the things of that nature, but that's a different conversation. But this, why we tend to overspend, what has us in the store in the first place? Mm -hmm. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know it's different for most people, but Absolutely. What what normally has us in the store? What triggers retail therapy? Yes. So that is what I was so stuck on because I tried to budget. And every every time you say you've got to stop spending, the advice is just stop spending mm-hmm. or just make a budget. And mm-hmm. did that help? It didn't help me. <laughs> and and I just was in that rut every single month. And so I finally just said, okay, let's look at my spending. Obviously my money isn't going where it needs to go. Mm-hmm. Where is my money going? And that's where I saw all of this unintentional spending. And it felt like such a need. You and I talked about how spending, it's not a want and a need. It's not that simple. If you really want something, you can justify that anything and everything is a need. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so that doesn't, it's its not really applicable, especially for people that struggle with overspending. Now, I will say, if it's not overspending, that's what we're talking about. It's something else. Mm-hmm. So we're talking specifically about overspending. So then I wondered, my drive to shop is so powerful there's got to be a reason for why that is so powerful. Logically, I know that that's not the most important thing for me, but what is triggering that urge? And so when I started looking at my spending, I started seeing trends and patterns like buying on bargains. I was going to thrift stores. I was going to my Ross and TJ Maxx, all of that. And I saw trends. I saw all the times I was bar- I was buying a bargain and all the times I was buying on impulse. Um, and I just wondered, are these trends, are they unique to me or are they unique to everyone that struggles with overspending? And I thought maybe there's something to this. And so 
learning that it wasn't just me, it was most, it was most people I talked with that made me look into stopping spending before it happened and why we end up in the stores. And I did research on that and there's no research on that, at least that I found it. The things that I found is the psychology of marketing and it yes. says, marketers get us well we're on the consumption side and, and then the other resources said well you're a spender make a budget mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, decided to make my own approach and I um, decided to just track um, from like instead of looking back at past purchases right. I looked at from here forward so I just track I just kept my receipts started marking the items that were unintentional And I started to realize that I was making these impulsive decisions before, or I mean, while I was in the store, I was making these decisions, not intentionally. It was just like, I deserve a candy bar. I deserve, oh, that's cute. But what led me to the store was I felt like I needed an escape. I I needed to get out. I felt like I was not getting my needs met at home with two kids under five and my husband gone. You know, I... I needed an escape. And then I realized what's really driving my urge is not feeling good about myself. And Mm -hmm. so I needed to buy items that made me feel good. There is a reason why we buy and no one talks about it. And Mm -hmm. it's my mission to stop it because once I realized that it was a chemical reaction and something that I could do about it, then it was like, well, that's a game changer. I just Mm -hmm. need a different motivator. I need to find something that is motivating for me that has lasting value. And instead of clothing and purses, Mm -hmm. my thing is I love uh, to have convenience. I love to learn about personal development. I love to um, go out with friends. And I was, instead of doing those things I truly value, I was spending that money and time on things that I thought brought that value. Mm-hmm. That is so good. So th- as a recovering emotional eater, so much of this is the same. The thing that drives you to the pantry is not hunger. Mm-hmm. It's boredom. It's um, not feeling satisfied. And it's amazing how we try to satisfy what's what's wrong with something that's that could never isn't isn't meant to do so right mm-hmm. and so the, I, I I love I love this so the thing that drives us to shop and I loved your story and it's like it was it was I wasn't fulfilled and so I felt I deserve it and so I think when we were talking um a lot of us grew up um didn't always get what we wanted right and so now that we are grown and adults and nobody can nobody can tell me no I'm going to get the things that I want. And we end up in a lot of trouble financially because I want it, I should have it. And so you're, there's, there's that, that people are dealing with as well. So how do we then, that's the therapy part in retail therapy, but it's not the right kind of therapy. (laughs) Yeah. I always, we always joke, you know, shopping's cheaper than therapy, but no, not my shopping. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> so your question is a very good one. Like, where do we start? And yes. there, there's a lot of different avenues. And um, where, where I started 
was looking at those needs that weren't being met mm -hmm. and really looking into them, not just saying, I don't feel, I don't feel fulfilled at home. I don't, you know, um, it, the easiest way to answer that is actually by just talking about all of us as humans have basic needs. And I, I remember just cause, and I've done research, but most people I talk to remember the hierarchy of needs, Maslow's hierarchy, where you yes. have the bottom needs of um, physical safety, you have food, water, shelter, and human right. relations. And then the next tier um, is the like connections. And then the next tier is like love and belonging. And so I actually, I, I, I have found that all most, if not all triggers to spend come back to the needs are not being met. And so I have a quiz and I've developed what I call the six spending types and, um, I'll just give examples of each and how they correlate with those unmet needs. So the necessity- and before you do that, oh, yeah. let's take a quick break and we'll come back. We'll, um, Marianne will give us her six tips right when we come right back. So yes, the um, the six spending types. So I'll just go through them one by one and say how they relate to our different uh, triggers and our, our unmet needs, I should say. <laughs> so we have the necessity spender and that the necessity spender spends most of their money on things needed for themselves, their household and close friends. And it's like necessities. It's not wants. Mm -hmm. So they, they generally restrict themselves because they say, I, I'm not going to spend. I'm only going to spend on needs. And um, they they spend that money because or excuse me, they they limit themselves because for them, the need for feeling secure mm -hmm. is so strong that they need to surround themselves with things that make them feel secure. So I'm just thinking, I know someone who overspends, but it's food. Mm -hmm. So there are stockpiles of food. There, yeah. If there was a sale on hams, if the hams were $2, they bought all the hams. Yes. and put them in a deep freezer and because that's a need it's going to be eaten right yeah yeah so wow. i that's a great example and i was just going to say the same thing i have a friend and i myself i i have a stockpile of things and the reason for buying those hams is not the sticker price it's they see the ham they think that's food i need to stock up good deal but i need that ham they wouldn't buy it if it was two dollars on um an expensive uh like gourmet dinner plate set you know what i mean it's not mm -hmm. the for the necessity spender it's things needed for food water shelter to feel safe and they justify it by saying it's a need but like you said they overspend on that and they surround right. themselves they'll never eat through all of that amount but 
they feel that safety. So then there's the bargain spender who is driven by the bargain. So whether mm -hmm. they need it or not, the bargain spender feels safest when they buy things that make them feel secure. So um, I have a good friend that queen of bargains. I mean, I go to her when I need something, she will find it for me. I mean, she is incredible. The thing is though, it's, I saved so much money, mm -hmm. not I spent this much. And so it's really driven by the price and fear of I'll never get it at this price. So is that I, where our couponers, extreme couponers, I don't know if yeah. that's still a thing. It, I, I watched those and I never became one just because I'm a little lazy with that. I, I prefer to, you know, have like minimal work for a greater amount of result. And that was just too much for me. But I, I admire people that do and people that do that, they, they're, and, and that's the thing. I'll, you brought up a good point with each spending type, there mm -hmm. are good and, and not so great behaviors with them with the necessity spender. They're pretty frugal. And then they just, they stock up. I mean, those aren't bad things mm -hmm. just out of balance. Usually do I need 25 bottles of shampoo? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Okay. And then the bargain spender it's, you know, those are, it's a great skill to be frugal and to be finding those bargains, but it's that balance. Are you overspending yeah. when you don't need to? And so we have the third type, which is the emotional spender. Mm -hmm. And that is someone that is buying primarily during times of heightened emotion. Yeah. That is my spending, mm -hmm. my spending type. I'm all of them. So I don't judge anyone. Right. No judgment. There is <laughs> no judgment here. No judgment on me. So like no judgment, but that's my, my most difficult one. And I'm also an emotional eater. And so I would always spend during times of low emotion, like very intense, yeah. depressing emotions. And, um, but you also have the reverse. You, you have, when you want to spend to reward yourself, you got mm -hmm. a promotion, you had a great day. So mm -hmm. it's just spending during those times of heightened emotion and the unmet need is not feeling like you belong, not have, not having the self-esteem you want. And yeah. so you're, you're buying things to kind of make up for that. And then the impulsive spender, they are buying things that weren't planned for in advance. Now, this can be bargain type, but the the primary difference is that it was unplanned. So mm -hmm. they walk into the store, they see something, and it's either scarce or it's very unique. So they're uh, going, I'm never going to find this, this item with this unique characteristic again, so I have to buy it, mm -hmm. but I can just return it if I don't need it, but I don't want to miss out on it. <laughs> and then the other side is, scarcity factor and then um it just feeling like you know i'm gonna miss out and yeah. so for them that the fear is what happens if i need this and don't have it and mm -hmm. they miss on that opportunity so it's kind of like fear of missing out but yeah. also fear of not having it and i'll tell you it's a very real need it's a very real fear it seems kind of silly but like the fear of not having something mm -hmm. when you yeah. know you could need it that that I mean take our recent COVID I mean everyone wow. had all the spending types because you have lots of fears and you're you're not yes. feeling here and so it's the, the fear great of not toilet paper toilet paper scare of 2020 
I know. I know. It's not based in logic, but it makes us feel secure. So, I mean, it, it makes sense to our brain. (laughs) And then, um, to um, the passive spender. So they are someone that's um, just unintentional with their money. They're not actively aware of how much they're spending, how much they're saving. And so it's not that they are lazy. It's just that money itself is not motivating for them. So that the item that they're looking at, they think, I want this item more than I want to keep the money I would keep. Mm. So I'm going to buy it that item is more important than money for them. Money is not super motivating. And then last is the saving spender. And it sounds a little contradictory, but the saving spender, we all have tendencies to save and spend, but the saving spender, they go through cycles and they're cyclical. So you'll go through lots of spending, 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 and then you'll feel guilty. And then you'll plunge into save, Mm. save, save. And it goes just like that, like cycles. And that need is you kind of have two opposing needs. You have that strong desire to feel safe and secure with money. And then you have that strong desire to just live your life and FOMO and you only live once. And so once I realized I, I, I founded the, the spending type principles myself, but then once I discovered that research, I went, this makes so much more sense it's, it's founded in what we need to thrive. Mm -hmm. And that, that is amazingly powerful. We just need to harness that power for our good and not be victims to it. Wonderful. That's absolutely wonderful. So thank you for explaining that, you know, the six types, you know, I kind of found myself in, I was like, identifying people is like, yep, I know that person, you know, then here's me, here's where I show up. Right. So one of the things that we did talk about is the guilt that's attached, the guilt and the shame that's attached. So we're not, there's a need that's not being met and shopping provides it regardless of where we are in on this, on the six different kinds of shopping. It's like, we're, 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 we're there, we're, we're shopping and we're spending money that probably could be better served elsewhere. Um, how do we begin to take back our power, our, 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 take back our spending power and pocket our money. How do we begin to heal this part of ourselves? Absolutely. So something that everyone, everyone can do is just taking an analysis. I have my free quiz and that, that kind of gets you rolling, but anyone, everyone and anyone just listening right now can just like pause the podcast, just take a mental note and just say, what do I really value? in my life, or let, I'd say the flip side. So it's easier to look at, we know in our heads, like what we tend to overspend on for me, Mm -hmm. it's clothing and accessories and purses for others. It's cars, accessories, whatever it is. Coffee. Yeah. Coffee. It could be just as simple Mm -hmm. as that. Coffee. Let's take small purchases. Right. Is that meeting the value that I want for my life? Do I want um, and you know, the, the funny thing about the coffee, I'll kind of go on a tangent is, is, you know, we justify it and say like $5 a day, that's nothing, that's nothing. And, and I, and I think that, that, um, idea sometimes makes, gets people defensive and it's like, it's only $5. I don't want to be restricted, but yeah. it's like, we, we don't, we don't recognize the value of things until it's compared to something else. Mm-hmm. So compare that coffee to, buying a 
a new outfit for work or for mm -hmm. going out to dinner or something. Does that coffee, do you value the coffee more or do you value that activity more? Mm -hmm. And usually it's, I value that activity. So maybe you're, you know, you're stuck with your coffee. You're like, I'm not giving this up. That's fine. I don't want you to feel restricted mm -hmm. and go the opposite way. So yeah. let's do something else that you find yourself buying that you go, mm, maybe I could stop. Maybe I could less, uh, lessen that. So uh, for me, uh, what it was, was, seeing that I was buying all of these purses, all of these things, because I value looking good. Mm -hmm. And instead of putting all of this money into a totally new wardrobe and to just like top to bottom had to do not anything fancy, not designer stuff, but just really nice things, quality items. I realized I would much rather save up mm -hmm. and put that $10, that $20, that $50 here. I'd rather put it aside and put it towards a closet makeover because I want to see what I have. That's yes. the problem. I don't see what I have. And I enjoy yeah. seeing what I have. We yeah. enjoy wearing what we bought. And yet we just think I have nothing to wear. <laughs> and so now every time, and I, and I'm not a recovered shopping addict. I'm not, I, it's something I struggle with every day. Mm -hmm. but I don't feel enslaved to it. And ah. I, I feel like I have a choice where it's like, I would rather this money go towards something else. And once I, once I embraced that decision of, I have a choice, I'm empowered. It's addicting itself. It's like to see that money grow into something that yeah. you really care about. That's what we need to do. We, we need to see growth because if we don't see progress, we're just right. going to well, forget this. I'm going back to my old ways. It felt better. <laughs> so we, we definitely, we, we take a step back and we, we assess is, should we, is this something that you recommend that we do on our own? Because I know accountability, yeah. accountability is a big thing. And sometimes money is so personal. It's, 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 it's a really a private thing. And it's like, I'm, I, people, we don't share, especially mm -hmm. we don't share our money stories or our money struggles. Um, you, you don't do that. So how do you begin? How do you, how do you, how do you begin this, the, the way out or get getting help for this? What do you recommend that we do? It's like, if I, I know I can't be trusted in a, Chips and cookies in a pantry is not a good idea. Yes, that's a very, very good point. And, and I'll bring up, we need to plan for our weakest moment and not our strongest. Mm. <laughs> well, that's, that's me. I have to move those sweets. I'm on my, not my diet, my lifestyle change right yes. now. <laughs> so we have to, you know, remove those temptations, but that's the thing where it's like, if you really want something, you'll find a way around it. And there's ample opportunities Absolutely. to get it. Right. And so Absolutely. we need to kind of go deeper. So I love your question about where do we start? And if you're feeling unsafe, um, I felt very guilty about my spending and I kept talking to friends and close family, you know, Oh, what's your, what's your budget for this? How much do you spend? You know, do you struggle spending with this? I, and I literally typed in Google, like how to stop spending before it happens. Cause I just felt like I was the only one. And I, I would recommend if you're, if you're just starting out and you're wanting to, 
you know, start on the path, I would recommend being in a community with people that share the same values. Because if, if you're feeling shame about that spending behavior in the past, you're going to feel like you're the only one. And if you're surrounded by people or who are amazing budgeters or who have like all the nice fancy things, it's so hard to to not think like, what's my problem or why, why am I not doing this well? So finding a community. And that was where I initially started was I just wanted to found a community of women, of like people and men of just like-minded that they're wanting to do better with their spending and not feel guilty and just be in a community where they can say, you know, I did really bad today, but I just, I'm still trucking along and, and hearing other people that empowers you to be accountable to someone or some community. And so that's where I started my money make under community was just an open forum for just, let's just get comfortable talking about money. And yeah. it's, it's still taboo, even within the yes. community. And it's, it's going to be a taboo that's difficult to break just because of the society we live in. And so it's a free community. Um, I can send you the link and, and link that in the description, but I just want it to be a resource for people to feel like they have a place to go. Cause I was in the, in the, in the place where I didn't feel like I had a full blown spending addiction, mm. but I also wasn't doing very well with my money. We were making yeah. good but had nothing to show for it and that so to be in that middle yeah park and I just couldn't find anyone in that ballpark and so just surrounding yourself with a community that gets it and and then you can just be around like-minded people that's the first step so you don't feel alone because being alone just perpetuates the problem it just yes. you get things solved you just feel too guilty and and really not doing well with spending and your money is not your fault. It, it really comes down to my strategy worked for me and it works for lots of people, but it doesn't work for everyone. And money is about finding what works for you. And mm -hmm. so I, I like to bring information to the community about like, here's what I tried. Here's what I tried because that's what I had to do trial and error. And I had to find what worked for me. And it's kind of a combination effect of all the budgets and all the things mm -hmm. I've read. And so it's really about finding the unique approach for you. Um, that's where I would start. And then if you're really like, just give me, those are kind of general places, but if you're really like, I just want step-by-step, step, it is very, unique, but I'll give, I'll give just a general like step-by-step. Step. So um, my spending type quiz is free to take. And it really just identifies your primary trigger. We went through mm. the six spending types and you're going to identify what triggers you to spend the most. Now, all of us are technically all of the types at one time or another. Right. This is going to identify your primary one, your go-to, your weakness. And that will be the area that you start. And once you've identified that spending type, you can then in the training that comes after that's free, it says what this means about your spending. Where do I go from here doing this? Because I didn't want you to just get a label and say, okay, hey, you know, you're a spender. Good luck. Yeah. So right. then, then it's, it's, what does that mean? So having you look at you're a bargain spender. Okay. 
then you think, what do I spend the most on? I go to, I hit up all the bargain stores every day. I hit up or every weekend. I'm always on, I'm on my email looking for bargains. You are able, you are very able and capable of identifying the areas and things, but you just need to be given a start, a place to start. And so that's what the spending types give you, spending type result gives you is a place to start. It's like, this is my primary trigger. I'm going to start looking at the times that I spend when is it when I'm up at three in the morning and just scrolling, scrolling, <laughs> is it when I'm bored? Is it when I'm stressed? Yeah. It's things like that, just bringing awareness. And so that would be, besides finding the community and um, learning different strategies, the next step would be take the quiz, just to, just to get an idea of what triggers you to spend. It's unique for everyone. That will give you a place to start. And you'll be, you'll be pleasantly surprised about what clarity comes after just simply knowing what triggers your urge to spend. Thank you. Thank you so much. So it sounds like identify. So if you're listening to this podcast and you, you tuned in because maybe you know that you overspent and it's something that you want to address. So awareness is key. You know, being aware is always key and taking, taking your quiz will definitely help pinpoint if you're not, if you, if you don't have a clue, some of us already know are, are astute enough to put together this like, okay, I didn't, I had a bad day before I go home. I'm going to go to Ross. I didn't have a bad, I had a bad day. I'm going to go where, wherever it is that you go to Yep. go spend. Right. Mm -hmm. And so th that being a part of a community is so important because mm -hmm. a few years ago, there was, um, I can't remember her name. She wrote a book and she started these money groups, these money clubs for women where we oh, would talk okay. about money you were you could be vulnerable and that's a scary thing to say oh, that I read her book you, money okay. chat. yeah I yeah. know yes, uh, yes, yes. Okay or something yeah yep great book excellent yeah, book mm -hmm. and you know that you know I, I'm I was online looking it's like where are the groups you know <laughs> where's yeah. where, where are these groups uh and it's it's a it's a beautiful thing to be able to have vulnerable conversations knowing that you won't be judged and I think that's the scary part is like, so whenever you have this inner thing, this inner secret that you have this secret, bringing that secret to light, um, sharing it with your spouse or, you know, your partner or just with friends. And it's like, I, this is something that I do. I don't want to do it anymore. And it's like, I could have gone to Hawaii for all the money that I've spent at Ross. I could have been or at Kroger or at HEB, cause I've got 50 cans of Tide, you know, and I, right. it's just me and my husband. And it's like, why do we have 50 boxes of Tide? This just makes no sense. And so. Yeah, I, I love that. Just getting comfortable talking about it. And the other thing yes. I was mention is looking at your spending and saying, if someone were to look at my spending mm. and that I'm going to Ross, I'm in my personal spending, I'm going to Ross, mm -hmm. I'm going to TJ Maxx, I'm going to this, I'm going to five, 10, 15 in a night. No joke. <laughs> what, what does that say about me? And that mm -hmm. says that my values are around appearance, around shopping. Yes. And I went, I mean, we spend our time around what we value. And I went, yes. 
I don't value those things. I value my family. I value mm. my work. I value my job and friends. And it wasn't reflected in my spending. So yeah. I think that's a good question to ask yourself to just say, does my spending reflect what I truly value? And if it doesn't, then let's talk about it. Let's let's yeah. get you spending on what you value because that will bring you true happiness and not that temporary fleeting happiness yeah. of any any one item. It's for people that are in situations they find themselves maybe in just a bad place financially because that that's that's real for a lot of people living in the United States just it may look pretty yeah but once you get underneath you get into the bank statements you'll find out that it's it's chaotic for a lot of people and so when you have people that are struggling and then make decisions based not on the reality of their situation, but it's all gone to hell in a handbasket anyway. I'm going to go out and do the things, buy the things. How do you how do you begin to change that mindset or what can be done in those situations? That's a great question. So I am a big proponent of um, therapy. I have gone to therapy. I am a huge proponent of that because I was using shopping as my therapy and it was making it worse because I I was feeling so good in the moment and then I would just get hit with that guilt. And so really analyzing like it is worth it to invest in your mental health, in your physical health, emotional health. I would start with the mental health and, and you know what you need the most. That's where I had to start was mental health. Mm-hmm. And then making those changes internally helped me to get the ball rolling. And so I would start there. And if you feel I'm not, I'm not a therapist, I'm not a therapist. I don't work with, you know, I don't um, diagnose a disorder of shopping addiction or anything. I will be the first to refer you to let's get some help. Mm-hmm. Whatever stage you're at, you know, I can help you, but it starts with becoming aware because when we see the number, we avoid the numbers. I avoided the numbers like the plague, (laughs) but when you look at the numbers in an empowering standpoint of, wow, I can use that money instead to do this for my family, to do this for myself, that harnesses your desire that you have within you. And that's the strongest that anyone can do. I can't, I can't give that to you. I can't teach that for you. I can hopefully inspire that within you Mm -hmm. so that you can then make those changes yourself. That's the biggest battle is, is finding that motivation and it's unique for everyone. And so, you know, wherever you're at, like, I would love to chat. I do free coaching. I would just love to help tailor your approach to you because finances are not a one, uh, one thing fits all. It's not one size fits all. It's just not, it's not. And so, um, there's, there's no shame reach out for help. Yes. And yeah. And, and just think I want to do better. I don't have to do it, but I don't have to, I don't, I shouldn't stop. I had a therapist say, stop shooting on yourself. We, I should do this. I should do better. Yes. Shooting on yourself. Yes. 
changed that too. And for me, it was, I had to stop guilting myself into doing things. It was much more motivating for me to want to do something to change my life. And so that, and it has, but it had to start with that desire first. And if it doesn't start with the desire, then it's that awareness. Marianne. Thank you so, so much. Helpful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So tell everyone how they can get in touch with you. What's the best way to reach out, how to take the quiz, let everybody know how they can, how can they can find you? Yeah. So my blog is money make under. So that's think of makeup, make under and it's money make under and the spending types quiz. That's what it's called. It's on my main homepage of my blog. So that's free to take. You'll, you'll answer the 10 questions. It takes less than 10 minutes really quick. And then you'll put your email in and that will send you the quiz result. And then um, in that same email, you'll also get an invite to join the free community. And that's where I have free coaching, free trainings, free you know, just to get you started and it offers that community. And then I also have a course, but I just want to encourage you to take the first step yeah. in just taking the quiz. It, it's very, it's, it will be very insightful for you and it will help you to begin to take power over something that you can feel very powerless over. All right, everybody, Marianne, Thank you. I hope all of you will take advantage um, of Mary Ann's offer, uh, the, the take the free quiz, the free community, because if you are recovering, if you want to do better about the overspending, she has free things to help you. So you don't even have to spend money to find out how to not to overspend. Thank you, Mary Ann. Much appreciated. <laughs> Thank you. All right, everybody. That's been our show. Thank you so much to our special guest, Mary Ann Stenquist, for coming in. Um, we will see you next time. And thank you so much for joining our show today. All right, everybody. Bye. See you next time. Thank you for listening to another episode of This Woman Knows Podcast. For show notes, blog posts, guest booking information, and sponsorship opportunities, visit us online at www.thiswomanknows.com today.